0: All right, welcome to the That's wow. good sports podcast. I'm Brandon Perna here with Will Keys, and we are desperately, desperately praying that our internet connection holds. Uh, we have a we have a podcast for you today. Um, a lot of NFL news happening very quickly we love today. Um, Miles Garrett suspension upheld by the NFL. Garrett claims Mason Rudolph used a racial slur. The Patriots are thinking about maybe bringing Antonio Brown back. Um, And then, of course, we'll get into our picks for this week. A lot of football stuff to talk about. Something we both noticed this last week, though, Will, was that like it or not o. j. Simpson is providing the most level headed takes uh on football on the internets, so he he probably has the best take about the the initial miles Garrett Mason Rudolph helmet conundrum, and uh mm-hmm. we both saw his video he posted to Twitter. He does these little videos where he reacts to NFL things that happen and he does it in a very calm sort of manner and provides insight as a former player while also, I don't know, making you hate yourself for agreeing with OJ Simpson.
1: Hello, Twitter World, it's yours truly.
0: <laughs> All right, take um, care now. He's like take care now. Take now. God bless. O.J. Simpson. He's got, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> he's just got a very grandfatherly way about him. Uh, yeah. He's like Paul Simpson sitting underneath a lemon tree dispensing wisdom. to. All, and except for, like, instead of, like, a few kids sitting around, it's, like, you know, 450,000 followers on Twitter. You get to see it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's bizarre because, I don't know, we – I remember doing a video when OJ was getting released from prison and just being like, Oh man, this is terrible. This guy's definitely guilty of shit. And now I find myself enjoying watching his fucking football takes. Okay. Well, Brandon. Uh,
1: okay. I know. I know you, okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, don't you think he served his time
0: though for, for stealing memorabilia? Well, for stealing memorabilia, yes. <laughs> and was it breaking and entering? Uh, yeah. Armed robbery. I I forget all the charges there. He was I think there's ten whole years. Ten years in prison. I think there are people like because when you look he at,
1: stole his jersey
0: back. <laughs> I think the, the there are people who look at like okay, so I think it's unanimous. Most. Not unanimous, but pretty much everybody, I think, believes O.J. Simpson committed murder.
1: I can think of 12 people who didn't.
0: Well, (laughs) I think even some of them would change their mind uh, today. Now, you can look at prison like you send people there as punishment, right? So in terms of punishment, if O.J. did do murder, 10 years is very short. But if, if prison is meant to curtail crime and protect us civilians, you have to ask, do you think O.J. Simpson is going to commit murder again? And based on Twitter and his videos, I, he does not seem like the type of guy who's going to commit murder again. So it is very, very interesting, Will. Well. While you finish your macaroni, I can keep talking like, about O.J. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know. Very professional of me. Oh, I, I mean, he didn't seem like he was going to commit murder pre-1994, did he? So what's going to, you know?
0: No, that's true. Gonna, I mean, you, know? you never know when somebody's <laughs> going to commit murder. That's
1: I didn't know pre-homicide OJ like you did. You grew up in a world where OJ was just the kind old man, not really old, just the, the kind uh, former Bills running back who was on Naked Gun and uh, the CBS halftime show and the Sideline Reporter and everything.
0: When I think of OJ, I think of Sideline Reporter. I think of SNL skits making fun of him as Sideline Reporter after he was uh, arrested. And I think of uh, Naked Gun and always finding OJ Simpson hilarious. Like the former football player is really funny in Naked Gun. Um. But now he, what we were talking about last night was. Now we I, think,
1: think him, I think of him as a wise
0: philosopher. I think of him as like, oh, should I listen to First Take? No, I should just listen to OJ and get the truth. <laughs> I should just and go to OJ what, to get the right. the real talk. You know what I mean? Um, and that's why we need to streamline that process
1: and give him a show. On ESPN, or probably, I feel like FS1 would probably be the best network for him.
0: Probably the best home for him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the show, I think
1: we talked about it, but we worked on a title, and it's um, The Squeeze with OJ Juice Simpson.
0: Yeah. Ever see an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's untuck it, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, untuck it shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. And with the holidays near, there's no better gift for your favorite guy who needs an upgrade. With more than 50-plus fit combinations, untuck it shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. You can find your favorite Untuck It style online or check out one of their 80 brick-and-mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. And their website is so easy, they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a small, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use code BLUE for 20 percent off at checkout that's untuckit.com and promo code blue for 20 off so the reason oj came up though is because he was like we said referenced the the miles garrett mason rudolph thing basically oj was saying like this kind of shit happens in football games and practice all this stuff it's not that out of uh character and that uh garrett probably punished too harshly well, Garrett met with the NFL and then told the NFL Mason Rudolph used a racial slur, which is what prompted the the fight between the two, uh, which now basically just has people divided on whether or not they believe Miles Garrett or that or Mason Rudolph in this situation. The NFL didn't seem to buy Garrett's uh defense because they upheld his indefinite suspension, so he has to re apply to be instated in the league, meet with Roger Goodell. And then they also added an additional $45,000 fine to uh, his indefinite suspension. Marquise Pouncey had his suspension reduced by one game. (laughs) I don't know how the NFL is kind of making all these decisions right now. Uh, But what I have gathered on Twitter is that nobody seems to believe Miles Garrett because – he did not say Mason Rudolph made a racial slur right after the game.
1: Right. That, that's the whole thing. But also, I could see it both ways because if he goes out and says that right off the bat, then it also feels like he's just coming up with a really lame excuse at the moment to deflect. Um, but I have a couple of thoughts on the matter, which is, uh, first of all, he just said racial slur in, like, say the one that you're thinking of specifically so what it'd be really funny if you just called them like the wrong racial slur (laughs) i'm not going to go through a list of them but
0: right that's probably a smart idea
1: i'll let you i'll let you the listener use your imagination and plug in whichever whichever one of your favorite racial slurs you'd like to to plug in
0: (laughs) Miles Garrett complains to the NFL that Mason Rudolph didn't even use the right racial slur to yeah. offend him. Called him a cracker. <laughs> Called him <them>, call, <laughs> call <them> a Mick. i allowed to say it. You're allowed because it's I, – it, I didn't even know Mick was a racial slur.
1: I think so. It's a pretty weak one, but
0: – Isn't it a TV show too, the Mick? With
1: a D from It's Always Sunny? They did, yeah. I mean, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Some r- racial slurs are not as sensitive as others. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they can be titles of entertainment programming. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if we flipped the tables around on that one. No, so don't. I guess my question is, if somebody calls you a, a racial slur, when is the appropriate time to reveal that that was said? Um while you're still on the field,
1: probably. Yeah. Okay, but another another thing about this. How was not one of those players involved in this mic'd up?
0: Yeah, I, I mean think
1: get this out pretty quickly.
0: That's what everybody's saying. Um, were,
1: uh, like a billion lip readers and uh
0: even if it's not a player mikes. even if it's not a player mic'd up, I would imagine they have the parabolic mics on the sideline, the big satellite right. dishes. And I believe that's like what they cut to a lot of the times when you get those on-field quarterback sounds or like when the defensive player is yelling something across the line and you hear it on TV accidentally. (laughs) Um, So the question is, do they keep all of those audio feeds or are they gone because they don't actually make it into the broadcast? NFL Films, you know, they're at a lot of games, so maybe they have something – you would imagine you would imagine Somewhere i think, bust. a couple things would happen in this situation. Mike Tomlin already came out and told his team like we know Mason Rudolph didn't say this, we need to move on and keep, you know, playing as a team or whatever. But if Mason Rudolph did say it, it would probably piss off some of the guys on his own team. So that's something to i would imagine would have come out possibly
1: and would like Marquise pouncey have come to his defense so quickly if like he because he would have heard it he's in between miles garrett yeah whole time i don't know
0: but you know you're in a lounge stadium who knows what you heard on the field uh but also maybe more of miles garrett's own teammates would have come forward and said hey he said some awful shit to him or whatever and now people are also saying miles garrett didn't didn't say anything about it after he said he tri- like I believe during his post game when they asked him if anything was said to instigate it he said go back and look I'm not going to comment about it at this time so I don't know it looks like a last ditch effort for Miles Garrett to try to hopefully have his suspension removed but we don't know uh, I think it's just crazy that people are I don't know <laughs> picking sides with believing there's a truth when we haven't been given that truth yet. So I think the more disturbing thing is the Patriots thinking about bringing back Antonio Brown. Who yeah,
1: we thought, we thought our nightmare was over <laughs> after one
0: game. The Patriots are so worried about how shitty their offense is. Yeah. They are now re-willing, reconsidering bringing back the player in the middle of a, rape civil lawsuit which antonio brown has now countersued his rape accuser so right uh, he he issued an apology on you know twitter and instagram apologizing to mr craft which i guess a bunch of patriots players liked this was a week after he told the nfl to fuck off and now the patriots realize uh they need some offense probably to go to the distance in the Super Bowl. And he is really their only option. This
1: just tells me that they're terrified of the Ravens that much.
0: Yeah, they really and they are. should be. I mean, Tom Brady's got 14 TDs to five picks this season. Mohamed um, Sanu has a, a, an ankle injury. He might be out for a few weeks. Philip Dorsett's yeah. in concussion protocol. Who even knows if he'll play? And they play the Cowboys this weekend, which I think is going to be a good game. As we know, the Cowboys will play a good team really well, and they will play a bad team very poorly. So uh, They play to the level of their competition, which uh, means I think this
1: should be a good game.
0: Yeah, it should be a very good game. Hopefully for us. But, but – Somebody said like the Patriots might win a Super Bowl this year in the same way the Broncos won in 2015 with the defense. And yeah, maybe. It's true.
1: Except their offense is way better than that still.
0: Yeah, except Tom Brady's playing a lot better than Peyton Manning was that year. And when like remembering that season, watching Peyton, you're like, oh fuck. Is his arm broken? <laughs> is his can he just not throw the ball anymore? Like, Brady hasn't been as accurate. He's missed throws. You're used to seeing him see. But for the most part, he still looks pretty decent out there as quarterback. They just yeah. they haven't been able to get things going, you know, offensively. And their offensive line hasn't been great. There's been pressure. And they haven't been able to run the ball like they were able to last year. So, uh, I see why they would consider A.B., but – Part of me wants them to take him because my best YouTube month ever was AB month back in August. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, I'd say go
1: ahead. Go for it. It's more but, money my pockets.
0: But I hope that they take him and he's there for a couple weeks, and, the and then somehow he ends up not on the Patriots anymore by, before the playoffs.
1: That's ideal. That's I ideal like for they, me. I feel like uh, they might make a run at both AB and Gronk kind of simultaneously. It hasn't really been talked about how much his absence has affected this offense this year. Gronks. Right, right. Because Ben Watson's just not, you know, Ben Watson and and Matt Lacoste are not quite uh, equal to one healthy Gronk. You mean
0: mean they're not equal to arguably the best tight end to ever play the game?
1: (laughs) I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say it. That's what I think.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair critique. I don't think Gronk's coming back. He's already committed to his Super Bowl party, Will.
1: I mean, the Patriots aren't making the Super
0: Bowl. Who cares? Ah, bold prediction. Yeah, so why Is would it- he come back if they're not making the Super Bowl? Yeah, ha- Gronk has until November 30th to make a final decision. Uh, but when you commit to a Miami Super Bowl party bash with a bunch of, like, djs you i imagine yeah
1: i imagine pitbull will be there Yeah, Uh, i think
0: alex rodriguez dj there's 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 people i can't remember them now
1: uh talent or whoever dj
0: will (laughs) don't tell them about my day job (laughs) i would love it if i found out you were a dj Uh,
1: Speaking of DJs, uh, DJ Chark is having a good season. (laughs) (laughs) Man, we are so good at segues. We are so goddamn good
0: at this. Honest. I need your honest answer. Did you think think DJ Chark was a rookie? Yeah. He's not.
1: (laughs) He could have fooled me. Did he He, play last year?
0: Yeah, he had 14 receptions last year. I called him a rookie on Twitter, and boy, did I pay for that pretty quickly. I I could have sworn he was a rookie, uh, but I found the stat that he's leading the league or he's tied for a, a – this is just an overall interesting stat. Yeah. DJ Chark tied with Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay as the reception touchdown leaders. So, a second-year player for the Jags and then two two players for the Lions. All have pretty incredible. touchdown receptions.
1: Yeah, Marvin Jones got half of them in one game, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, Twitter's always gonna, you make the slightest mistake on Twitter and you'll never hear the end of it.
0: I I, I took it as a learning opportunity. Sure. Uh, now let's, I do want to talk about Philip Rivers just for a minute here because I got my video, my is Rivers washed video posted in the the Chargers subreddit. Oh man. (laughs) Because I said, I didn't think he was washed ultimately. I said, like rewatching uh, his Monday night highlights. <laughs> I'm not gonna pretend like I rewatched the whole fucking game. But um yeah, all twenty-two. When the you, thing with Phillip Rivers is like he can still play quarterback, he can still make most of the throws, he still puts his receivers and the offense in the right position pre snap. What is happening though? is in the final two to five minutes of every game, he is making the absolute worst decisions possible and just chucking deep ball after deep ball when he doesn't have that accuracy anymore. Uh, And I think like what I was basically saying is he needs to be coached out of that. And then I said, well, maybe Ken Wisenhut was trying to coach him out of that. And that's why (laughs) Ken Wisenhut got fired. Uh, And then the Chargers are in a weird position where his contract is up. And they could try and draft his replacement. Uh, they also have a pretty viable backup option already in Tyrod Taylor, uh, who
1: yeah, he could be a bridge starter.
0: Tyrod like, could be a great bridge starter. The one thing like Tyrod has always done well is played pretty smart football.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, who knows? Like we saw him. In, we saw Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo and Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, you put the right guys around him. You know, he could he could be pretty good for a year. I think.
0: Yeah. So the chargers are in an interesting spot. Uh, I think it's easy to say rivers is done, but here's the other thing. Like rivers really is a, but like what's happening is he's always made bad decisions late in games. Yes. And Total he's career. always, got,
1: he's always gotten a pass for it until apparently uh, Monday night when the whole entire world plus Mexico was watching. Um, Maybe it is just Mexico that that has turned the tide of uh, of public opinion against Phil Rivers, the Felipe Rios, as they call him.
0: <laughs> but oh, uh, man, it, Felipe yeah. Rios is a that's a that's a smooth sounding name. It
1: really is. I, I think the Chargers fans already use that, so I'm not I'm not going to take right. credit. for it or anything. No, I've never heard it. I like it. But um, yeah, I mean, this is something that you and I have talked about for a long time about how he. He, for some reason, never gets any of the blame uh when the chargers play poorly and
0: he, uh he is now <laughs> he is now it only took sixteen years or however long and
1: people but people will still call him like a surefire hall of famer, which doesn't make the slightest bit of sense to me He's an ultimate like stats guy who went to the you know he squandered. An incredible team, not just him, but he's, he helped squander an incredible team in 2006. One, of, in my opinion, one of the most talented teams of all time in 2006 uh, with LT, the year he set the touchdown record.
0: LT uh, Gates in his prime is that when the
1: Vincent what, Jackson,
0: Vincent Jackson, when he was hot.
1: Darren Sproles, Michael Turner.
0: Oh man, those running that running back yeah. group. Yeah. That is Charlie. Yeah, that's pretty. I Maybe forgot, the best ever. I forget that Sproles was there. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Vincent Jackson. Um, uh, I want to say like Malcolm Floyd or Eric Parker or some of those guys were all pretty good. Brandon Molly Mollyuna I think was there. Oh, the tight end. So nice. They had to name him twice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Molly Mollyuna or whatever.
1: Uh, yeah, like Sean Merriman was, like, the defensive player of the year. Anyway, they had a really good team. Couldn't get it done. Obviously, we know the story about him going to the AFC Championship game the next year against New England where uh, people sucked his dick for having a torn ACL in that game, to which I usually respond, what in the world would Phillip Rivers need an ACL for?
0: Right. He, uh, he is not a mobile quarterback. <sighs>
1: No. Yeah, it's like it's one thing if, if uh, Lamar Jackson's playing without an ACL, but to Philip Rivers, you could you uh, could take his you could put him in a wheelchair and he'd still probably go like, you know, 25 for 38.
0: Honestly, with the way Rivers throws the ball, he he could throw probably pretty well sitting down from yeah, any part of the field. Exactly. Um here's the thing like
1: Austin Eckler.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh you know what? I thought my observation of Austin Eckler playing his entire college career at an elevation higher than Mexico City, and that's why he was the secret weapon in the the game, was a really solid observation. Where did he, did he play at Wyoming? No, he played, played in Colorado? Gunnison, Gunnison, Colorado, Western State College.
1: Oh, is that really higher than seven thousand feet?
0: Oh yeah. Wow. It, it's like well, it's it's almost at eight thousand feet, so. Uh, and only reason I know is like I go to Gunnison every summer, so uh, oh, nice. and I thought about going to that college. <laughs> is, that, is that where you train? That's where I. That's where I do my cardio training every summer. Yeah. Is uh, about eight or nine thousand feet, just in case I ever get called to run that million dollar high altitude marathon. I walked
1: up the stairs at uh, the amphitheater at Red Rocks, and I I was
0: you know. Bet you got I was pretty on- winded.
1: I was on death's doorstep pretty much. <laughs>
0: um, with, with Rivers, if the Chargers moved on from him, I don't, I'm not sure Rivers would go somewhere else to play football. because I don't think he would either. I think he'd retire. He is, he's probably the most loyal quarterback in NFL history. Loyal to his team. He's yes. been loyal to one woman his entire life. And really know that. he is a guy who I just can't imagine putting on a, another team's uniform uh, just because he wants to prove he's still got it. But Right. Uh, I mean, the
1: rumors are that he would play in Tennessee. But my question is, would Tennessee take him at this hmm. point over Ryan Tannehill? Take yeah. Next, year, Phillip, next year's Philip Rivers over Ryan Tannehill. It's a it's a question. It's a debate. yeah.
0: I think there's more upside with Tannehill. I do too. Um, I think he's played pretty well this year. A lot of people are already saying John Elway is looking at looking at Philip Rivers. Uh, okay. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, that's that's the NFL news. Do we have anything Broncos related to discuss?
1: No. I mean, well, I mean, there's the whole Drew Locke thing. Still. If we want to yeah.
0: Talk uh we'll see what happens with that. I think yeah. I thought Brandon Allen played decent against the Vikings. I did too. Um it looked like I-, I would say he showed some improvement from his first to his second start.
1: They definitely opened up the playbook for him. And
0: um Yeah. Well, guess- looked like
1: he was a lot more he was able to be a lot more creative uh calling plays than he was with Flacco.
0: A little too creative, I might say. (laughs)
1: Maybe, yeah. Just don't run any more tight end sweeps, for the love of fuck.
0: His answer, every third and short, was a tight end jet sweep or a sweep of jetting tight ends. And Cortland Sutton barely picked up one of those. Fant was tackled for a loss. Um, It just seems like, I mean, people want to crucify Rich Scangarello. But it's like I think a a guy in his position position needs time to learn the the intuition of calling like a football game. So you have like all these creative plays, you have like this cerebral understanding of it. But what I think offensive coordinators have to learn is like which players to go to in certain situations and just kind of knowing that and like I think the, the thing that's puzzled me most of this season with the Broncos has been the lack of Royce Freeman in short situations. Uh, And the Broncos have been effective running the ball inside as well, too. It's not like they're a team that's only effective stretching the field for their running back. So it seems like there's just some of those things that the feel in game is where he can improve. But there is a lot that I was excited about in the play calling and also getting Tim Patrick back on the field was nice. And I think Nikki Jabala pointed out the Broncos now are like the only team in the NFL with their number one and number two receiver as six foot four wide receivers. Uh, so that is something to keep an eye on. Tall, tall man just dominating deep down the field. Big,
1: big lanky. A couple of tall glasses of water. Mm-hmm. Tall, I think tall drink of water. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what they say. Yeah, it was good to have Patrick back. Uh, He was making some contested catches. Deshaun Hamilton has not lived up to, I don't want to say the hype, but um, what we thought he could be this year. Really, in any way, Um, they're going to have to draft someone in uh, in April, which, honestly (laughs) – Of course they are going to have to draft someone. Yeah. It's okay, yeah, okay. okay, okay. To
0: replace Hamilton, is that what you mean?
1: No, not to replace Hamilton necessarily, but they need to draft a second wide receiver opposite of Sutton most likely. Um, you know, maybe Tim Patrick can fill in there, but I think you're going to want another guy. And I was going to say that it's, it's a perfect year to do that because this is a historical wide receiver draft. You got three guys from Alabama alone that are going to go in the first round. It feels like you got a couple of guys, I don't know if they're both eligible, but from LSU, you got that guy from TCU, Clemson. You got guys everywhere. C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. LaVisca Cheneau from Colorado I think would be perfect, Mm. obviously.
0: Oh, yeah, that guy's
1: good. He's really good. He's a really good gadget player that uh, I would actually run a sweep with.
0: Right. Yeah. It's – I think the, what the Broncos need at wide receiver is a guy who is a precise route runner and also very fast. Very yeah, there's fast. A
1: the, there's a lot of those guys in this draft.
0: Right now you look at, like, the Chiefs, their offense excels because they have a ton of speed. And even, like, the Ravens offense appears to play, like, it's best football when uh, Marquise Brown is on the field. Yep. Um, and – yeah, it feels like maybe that's kind of the one thing the Broncos' offense is missing other than being able to score touchdowns in the fourth quarter or score more than 24 points. <laughs> but that's a whole different conversation. Um, I help. yeah. Um, what the hell was I going to say? Was it wide receiver related?
1: Yeah, probably. It doesn't College.
0: matter. College? No. Which wide receiver makes his quarterback look better than he really is the most? Out of that's those the, guys? That's the guy I want. Probably Jerry Judy <laughs> out of Alabama. Is he going to be the number one? He's the number one receiver, right? Most people think.
1: Most or likely. Close to it. Most likely, yeah. Any of those guys, though. They're Jerry all-
0: Judy is yeah. a cool name too.
1: It is, yeah. You got the alliteration. We need, we need more alliteration in our, uh, in our offense. Yeah, but the it's- thing is, okay. Here's what I was going to say is it would be nice to get Drew Locke on the field for the last five games so you could have a better feel for who you want to spend that first-round pick on.
0: Fair because, enough.
1: Um, you know, the upside, obviously, of losing after holding a 20 nothing lead on the road to the Vikings is that it makes your draft pick a little bit better. No, that's and true. They're going to be probably anywhere from 6 to 10, most likely. And they're going to have a lot of options.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the, the silver lining. And it's so weird. Like, that loss sucked. That Vikings loss hurt. It did. It did. Um, and it hurt because, again, they had a chance to win it at the very end and they, they just couldn't do it. Also, you can get angry at the referees, which has been a story in every Broncos close loss this season. But the thing that feels like that's confusing as a Broncos fan is the team is better than their record, yeah, and they also aren't right like
1: right right your right. record
0: is what it is because that's kind of the team you are, but like i don't feel I feel better about this three and six Broncos team than I ever did the last two years when they were going through Simeon and Lynch and Osweiler. And we didn't feel like Vance Joseph was ever going to be the the guy. It's like there's – it feels like there's a positive air around the Broncos if you've been watching them. And it just sucks that it's like we're trying to just wait for them to continue to develop through this thing. And then there's also the question, like, even if they are really talented on defense and they continue to get better – it's not going to really matter until they find their answer at quarterback, which we still don't know yet.
1: So we don't. And but um, what makes it different from the last two years, obviously, is that we have an idea that that answer might be on the roster already.
0: Yeah, and that's what I think.
1: I think uh, is cause for optimism. Not to say that we know anything about him yet, because we don't. But the fact that you know we could be uh you know one quarterback a change change away from from that happening is uh I, it makes it makes the season a lot easier to swallow
0: yeah no you're you're right it's you got to have that hope there and Drew Locke could be that guy and there's still a small chance in two more weeks of Brandon Allen still starting he looks like the answer because he hasn't had a game yet where you go, oh, fuck, that guy can't be an NFL quarterback.
1: Yeah, and I was, I was impressed with him on the last drive of the game. Um, I mean, I thought he, he made some pretty good throws on that last goal-to-go situation. Just didn't work out. I mean, obviously, Tim Patrick got interfered with. You could argue the
0: same thing. Yeah. No fan, but What's impressive ball in good spots. is on that drive, he converted two fourth-and-six plays. Yeah, And also in the loss to the Bears, uh, Joe Flacco moved the team down the field and converted two uh, fourth down plays when they threw that final touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders to take the lead before they lost. So, like, the one thing we both agreed about this season that Flacco was really good in the clutch, if you can sit here and say, like, Brandon Allen looked pretty good in the clutch as well, I think that's a strong comparison to a quarterback who's been in the league for a long time that uh, you can kind of do the same thing he did. Uh, get your team in a position to win and then lose.
1: Right, and that that interception before the half didn't really bother me as much as it probably did for other people because I liked the aggressive mindset and saying, you know, a 23-point lead is not going to do it against the Vikings because ultimately it didn't. Uh, or it wasn't going to. Uh, so you might as well put the pedal to the metal and try to score another touchdown before half. It just, you know, it didn't happen. Did, yeah,
0: no, that's, I think that's fair. Uh, the big criticism is when he ran for a first down and then yeah. did not clock the ball and the Broncos got saved by Mike Zimmer. Right. But that,
1: you know, that's something that's, Inexperience.
0: Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to criticize Steve, something on mean, that drive. Uh, I mean, and the Broncos still got, what, three shots into the end zone? So Yeah, that's all you can ask for. But, like, yeah. That's it. That's all yeah, we'll say.
1: We've decided. He's our franchise quarterback. All Play right, so hour. we've got some games to pick before we get out of here. Let's do the game picks. Okay, uh, let's jump into it. Tonight, Thursday night, good game. Like this one. It's the Colts at the Houston Texans who just got their shit rocked by Baltimore, but they're still favored by three and a half. This one will go a long way towards deciding the AFC South division.
0: Who do you have in this one? This is tricky. The Texans do get Will Fuller back, which I think makes a difference. It does. (sighs) This is really hard for me because – Will Fuller would be nice
1: for the Broncos offense, by the way. I don't think he's a free agent, though.
0: No. I think he has another year before that. It's like two quarterbacks I'm really rooting for are Jacoby and Deshaun Watson. And I root for them for different reasons. I like the Brissett story, and I just think Deshaun Watson's really, really good. Uh, I feel like the Colts have kind of had the Texans' number recently. And I think the Texans' issue is their defense, so I'm going to take Indy.
1: I'm going to take uh, Houston because they're mm. at home in a short I was, week. I was just going to say
0: you're going to you're going you're going to
1: throw that in my face, aren't you? That's my reasoning. That's always my reasoning. All right, uh, we've got a dandy here on Sunday. Miami <laughs> at Cleveland. No Miles Garrett. No Larry Ogunjobi. They're still favored by ten and a half at home.
0: Hmm. Man, I'll take the Browns, I guess.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the Browns as well. Maybe not to cover, but I will take the Browns.
0: Yeah, I don't think to cover. It just it feels like Miami's got to lose out.
1: That's a lot, yeah. <laughs> they better. They really better. You got to get Josh Rosen back in the lineup. Okay, Denver at Buffalo. Our game of the week. Buffalo mm. favored by four at home. Not really that much when you consider uh, this is a 3-7 and seven team playing a 7-3 team on the road. Uh, but I think Vegas knows that the Broncos tend to keep it close.
0: As do the Bills.
1: As do the Bills. This, this could be a low-scoring game.
0: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of defense in this game. I'm going to take the Bills. Ooh, I'm gonna take the Broncos. Okay. We're, this is a big week for us. Oh, so. I mean, we've got Allen versus Allen too. Good you know lord! No, the Allen Bowl. Yeah. That'll be fun to make dumb jokes about in the Broncos prediction episode. Okay, Allen Bowl. Yeah, I'll take. Uh, I'll take Denver. I think they're gonna they're gonna unify after a bad loss.
1: Okay, I hope so. We've got yeah, we've got some Tim Allen jokes to make. I think, and mm. uh, you know. Bills could use a little home improvement. <laughs> All right, uh, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Uh, Pittsburgh, not well. They're without Marquise Pouncey. That's pretty much it. Mason Rudolph's uh, his wallet's going to be a little lighter, but at the sa- yeah, and at the same time, he might uh, <laughs> he might have motivated uh, several members of the Bengals defense in the process. And Cincinnati is giving six and a half at home. They are still winless. Do you think they have a chance to go on 16
0: Oh, yeah, they have a very good chance to go on 16 They made it
1: interesting against the Raiders.
0: Yeah, they did. Um, also, the Steelers are probably going to be without Juju Smith-Schuster. So, um, right, and James Conner isn't practicing yet, so he'll probably be like a game-time decision. And Mason Rudolph, despite everything that happened, you know, on that final play or whatever, he played like shit in that game against the Browns.
1: He really did. That was honestly – it couldn't have been better timing for him to get just bashed in the head with a helmet.
0: Yeah, hopefully to help him forget how bad he played in that <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, it was
1: good. It was – uh Bad, neurologically speaking, but it was good from a public relations standpoint.
0: Yeah, nobody was talking about his poor play.
1: I yeah, think no Pittsburgh
0: one... will win this game, and I think the Bengals might actually keep this one close as well. But I don't trust Ryan Finley, <laughs> quarterback, to get a win against the Oh, Steelers really? Because
1: I do. I'm taking the Bengals.
0: Ooh, upset of the week. All right. Yeah. Um, got the Giants. God, at- there's – a lot of bad games early.
1: No kidding. Um, did I? Am uh, I might screw that up? Okay, we'll say this is correct. The Giants at the Chicago Bears. Bears favored by six. I don't think the Bears are going to score six. Is that? Do we know that? Let alone six more points than the other team.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, that's fair. I mean. We keep watching Mitch Trubisky not play well. You've got the Giants who are going to be what without Saquon Barkley. He's is he done for this season?
1: I do not know the answer to that question. What's he was assuming, not at
0: Wednesday's practice? Let's
1: assume he won't play.
0: Yeah, it's. I don't know. I see why Chicago might be favored.
1: But um, yeah, I mean, we, don't, we don't know who's playing quarterback. I don't does it matter, probably not.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna take the Giants. I think Daniel Jones needs uh he needs a win. He needs a. he needs a performance. He knows.
1: he knows, but I think the Bears defense will bounce back and kinda carry carry the load for him. Okay, we've got Oakland at I wrote the Giants, but I'm assuming that I meant the Jets here. <laughs> Let's go with that. Um Oakland is favored on the road by two and a half points. Not a lot of respect for for a uh, six and fourteen versus and four the team. Jets. Six and four team That's um, yeah, on their way to you know could come down to the wire in the AFC West. That they had kind of a letdown game against the Bengals, but I think the impressive part was that they were still able to to put it away pretty safely at the end. Uh, this, is a good, this is a good Raiders team. It's a team that makes sense. They throw short, and they hand the ball to Josh Jacobs, and they play mediocre defense.
0: Yeah. They, their defense has a chance to be, I think, pretty good next year. Um, Jonathan, is it Abram or Abrams? I think it's Abrams. Jonathan <laughs> Abrams, the rookie who is on IR – looked like he was going to be a big difference maker for their defense uh early in this season before yeah, he got hurt. the season lasted you know one oh, and a half quarters one and a half uh but he was like he was playing crazy football he was yeah he
1: he looks um i don't, I don't know if he, i don't know if he works in today's nfl but sure
0: yeah uh know. but i'm saying like i think you have him. Max Crosby is emerging as, as – Crosby had four sacks
1: against the Bengals. Yeah. So and find it is the Bengals, but four sacks is four sacks, unless six, it's Michael Schofield.
0: Yeah, I think it's six and a half on the season. I um, think yeah,
1: Leland Farrell is playing better.
0: Yeah, and – Hitting with Josh Jacobs and like you pointed out, Hunter Renfro is starting to play well.
1: All of their all of their rookies played well. Uh, yeah, Foster Murrell had his fifth touchdown of the season. Hunter Renfro played well. Pretty much everyone.
0: So it's like the Broncos, a young team, you know, developing, but they're getting the the wins. And uh, it sucks to say it, but I think they might be pretty good next year. This year I think every week's gonna be a kind of a coin flip whether or not they're gonna win. Uh, but I'll take them to beat the Jets. I will too. Okay, we can
1: probably speed through these next three. Okay, Carolina at New Orleans. Uh, I think it's starting to unravel here for Carolina. I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take the Saints at home.
0: Yeah, whether nine Saints are nine and a half point favorites. Uh, Kyle Allen starting to look like a young guy who doesn't know how to play quarterback.
1: Uh who who lasts longer, Brandon
0: Allen or Kyle Allen? Ooh. That is like a whole topic to spend ten minutes on. Uh, <laughs> I know what you mean. God, that's a really good question. Probably Kyle Allen. I would say Brandon. Okay. I think we'll see uh, Will Greer soon. Oh shit, that's right. I forgot they drafted Will Greer. Um, but I'm gonna take the Saints too. Okay.
1: Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons all of a sudden favored by four and a half.
0: I'm going to take the Buccaneers,
1: though.
0: Ooh, I'm going to take the Falcons. Uh, I like their defense is playing really well, and that it allows is. their good offense to score the points and keep the points.
1: Yeah, <laughs> You're absolutely right. I don't think you lose points in the NFL, but yeah. They keep them. Uh, Detroit at the Washington r Detroit favored. A three and a half. I don't really know if uh, Stafford's playing or not, or we're getting another week of Jeff Driscoll. Don't think it matters. I will take the Lions.
0: Yeah, I'll take the Lions too.
1: <clears throat> okay, Seattle at Philadelphia. This is a good game. Philadelphia kind of surprisingly favored by one and a half at home. That is interesting. The two lost Seahawks. Philadelphia could not move the ball against the Patriots. Um, that was a really winnable game, and they just couldn't put anything together on offense. Had a chance there at the end. I don't know if you'd call that that play by Nelson Aguilar a drop or just a really, really tough catch that he could make, but um, they're two plays, I think, away from having two more wins, two Aguilar plays.
0: Yeah. Uh, are you, what are you, are you going to take Philly? No, I'm going to take the Seahawks. <laughs> What, what uh, Philadelphia struggled to do was protect Carson Wentz. And Seattle's coming off their bye week, right? And the last time we saw him play, uh, it looked like they finally got their pass rush going. I think that will cause some problems for Carson Wentz. And I will take the Seahawks as well.
1: Agreed. Okay, Jacksonville at Tennessee, who's favored by three points. My question about the Jaguars, are you familiar with uh, Bill Simmons' Ewing theory?
0: Mm
1: -mm. where sometimes when you take away like the best player or one of the best players on the team, kind of the, you know, one of the prominent starters, it causes the rest of the team to get tighter and actually be better without that player. Interesting. It's kind of a roundabout way of explaining it, but I think that might've been, I could have explained the Jaguars season so far, losing Nick Foles kind of made them rally around Gardner Minshew. And now Benching Minshew for falls is creating this reverse Ewing theory.
0: (laughs) So they're back to playing kind of sloppy football.
1: Yes. Not that they weren't for stretches during the Minshew era, but, uh, you know, I think they should have stuck with, with their guy, with their rookie. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it was just one game. We'll see. Um, Who knows? You know, I haven't given up on them.
0: This is a game think, between two teams that every other week you could be like, "Oh, they might be pretty good," or "Oh, they might be pretty yeah. bad."
1: This is one of those things where you're like, "Doesn't this team? Don't these two teams play like every week?"
0: <laughs> it's always the Jags Titans. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee is at five hundred, five and five record at home. Uh, I still think I think Nick Foles is going to get something going. I, I'm going to take the Jags. Okay, I'm going to take the Titans.
1: Dallas at New England. Let me just say this. I will take the Cowboys.
0: Ooh, I was going to take the Cowboys too. Let's do it. Let's lock it up. Locking it up. We're taking Dallas. <laughs> uh, Sponsored by Lock It Up, the sp-
1: segment that's brought to you by Blue Chew.
0: No, Simply Safe. Oh, right, right, right. See? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um,. If, Patriots are favored be, by six and a half and the Patriots you want to are Lockard, at home. Hard, try blue shoe. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, go ahead. The Cowboys will win this game which will force the Patriots to sign Antonio Brown. There's my bold prediction in the week. Wow.
1: Yikes. Uh, if we ever get Drew Locke on this podcast, I think we could do a lot of things with our two last names. Lock, lock and keys oh
0: fuck yeah
1: i think that i think you'd have to come on
0: that's a solid just weekly segment is yeah uh, i'm going keys, to
1: unlock him keys unlock, unlock. unlock. yeah yeah uh, it's perfect All right. you know what's, you know
0: you know what sucks is go. the the first dallas game i would like to see in prime time isn't fucking in prime time
1: yeah what the fuck <laughs> it's okay we got uh It's going to be like the one afternoon game, I'm sure.
0: Sunday night's going to be good. Packers, 49ers, that's a solid game.
1: It is, yeah. No, I'm looking forward to this. It feels like the 49ers have played at home 10,000 times this season. Uh, But (laughs) I actually like the Packers.
0: Yeah, the Niners are heading into their, like, tough stretch of tests. They. Kept it close against the Cardinals, uh, which I just learned the Cardinals have one of like the top seven most efficient offenses in the NFL. A little more, they score a little more often than the 49ers actually do. Um, They score more than you and I. Yeah. And I'm married, so (laughs) that's no surprise. Uh, The Green Bay Packers off of a bye, Aaron Rodgers, ready ready to kick it into that extra Aaron Rodgers gear that That's we will different. all pretend like he has, uh, I'll take, I'm going to take the Packers, too.
1: Great. Um, last game of the week. It's a pretty entertaining one as well. Wait, um, who
0: do you think, who do you think uh, has a better day with their running backs, Packers or 49ers? Uh, take the Packers. I was, too, so no debate there. Aaron Jones might have a big jam. Oh, but the, the Niners should be getting George Kittle back. So Ooh, that's right. Him and Sanders back on that the field at the same time.
1: Part, that is a huge part of their offense. They might still be undefeated. Um, although uh, what's his name? Ross Dwelly came in and caught two touchdowns. So <laughs> it, begs, it begs the question if George Kittle is actually a system tight end.
0: We already used that joke, Will. God damn it. You already wrote me that joke, and I claimed it as my own in the episode. I own that joke based on the non-disclosure. That
1: is my intellectual property, and just know that you'll be hearing from someone who claims to be my lawyer.
0: No, it was a solid joke, though. Uh, but we'll both <laughs> stick with the Packers, right?
1: Yeah, okay. Last game of the week, Monday Night Football. Pretty decent. Um, ravens Rams. Ravens at Rams. Uh, the Marcus Peters Bowl, I guess, if you want to call it that.
0: Yeah, Peters has been perfect since arriving in Baltimore. Pretty good. Two touchdowns. Two TDs. Um, Ravens defense looks good. Ravens offense looks good. Ravens special teams looks good. Everything looks good in Baltimore. Things are looking And that's up. why I'm taking Baltimore.
1: <laughs> I'm actually going to take the Rams here.
0: Ooh, you are really trying to get ahead of me in these picks. I need
1: to. I need to. Yeah, it, this is you know, like I said, this is the storyline of the season. It's us is us jostling back and forth for for pick supremacy.
0: Yeah, this is a big uh, this is a big game for the Rams.
1: It is. Yeah, this might be playoffs or bust here in a yeah. NFC.
0: I think it'll be a close game, but. We're not gonna bet against Baltimore anymore.
1: No, how could you?
0: I, I am on that bandwagon.
1: Okay. The only way well, yeah.
0: I will get off of it is if they lose to the Patriots in the playoffs.
1: That would be really disappointing. Oh,
0: I would hate that. We need
1: them to get. We need them to get home field advantage. We really do.
0: Yeah. So Dallas, Will, and I will be rooting for you like we never have before.
1: Yeah. Seriously. Dude, this was that was kind of our thing though before the season is we were supposed to hate the Cowboys.
0: Yeah, we got they got voted to be the team we always shit on no matter what. Which we kind of still
1: do, just not on purpose though. Not like, uh, not with that in mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, Cowboys are just a weird team like that. Doesn't matter what they do, your a lot of people are not going to like them.
1: Yep. Yep. All right. Well, those are those are our picks. Those are our um, picks. This okay. was
0: our podcast. These are simple statements that are true.